It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Great to join you from Goodyear. Our feet are on the ground here at Spring Training. And it's been a fun week watching the team prepare for their exhibition opener this weekend, Saturday, against the Cincinnati Reds. If you're tuned to this show live as it airs prior to the Indians-Reds game on Saturday afternoon, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will be here now each week through spring training, normally right before the first pitch of that day's game for the Tribe. And that means a 3.05 first pitch Eastern time. Saturday, Indians and Reds, a Goodyear ballpark, a road game for the Tribe against the team that they share their spring training complex with. And we'll have it for you right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Good show lined up for you today. In a little while, later on in our program, we will hear from Indian starting pitcher Mike Clevenger as he begins his spring training. John Edwards, who could be a key member of that Indians bullpen, the Tribe looking for some arms. Edwards may be flying under the radar somewhat, but his manager, Terry Francona, really feels that he could be a breakout performer this season. And we'll hear from Edwards in just a little bit. Also, new Indians outfielder Jordan Luplo who was acquired from the Pirates in an off-season trade. They are all to come on our show today. But first, earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with Leonis Martin, who has an excellent chance to be the Indians' opening day center fielder and perhaps be a key to shoring up the outfield situation as the season begins. Martin was acquired from the Tigers last July right at the trade deadline, but only appeared in six games for the Tribe before he was felled by a bacterial infection that required a stint in the intensive care unit at the Cleveland Clinic. It ended his season and almost ended his life. He was in very serious danger of not being able to pull through. It was an extremely serious medical situation. He spent some time in the ICU and uh, finally was released from the hospital on August the 19th, but did not play again that season. We had a chance to visit with him earlier this week, and we started right there. How far has he come from that harrowing experience in August? I'm feeling really good. You know, I feel able to tell God, and, you know, I'm still alive. 
you know, graduate for life. Happy to be here. Happy to be back in business and doing what I love to do. Ready for the season on the side. When everything was happening after you got here and you got sick, we heard reports that, that it was a struggle and, and things like that. How much did you know about what was going on? Were you, were you coherent enough to, to know what was happening and, and realize how close things were? I, I was in the hospital for like almost two weeks. And like I was out for like 10 days, didn't know any, anything about it. I just opened my eyes and uh, see myself at the hospital, so it's gonna get me a little bit because I didn't know, just like blackout, completely blackout. So when I opened my eyes and started seeing things, look at myself and on top of the, on the bed at the hospital. It was hard seeing all my family around me, my teammates and front office guy come visit me. It was hard, man. Like, I don't know how to describe that to how how tough it was for me to say this is what it is and you gotta get through this. But I spent like it was a lot like a week, didn't recognize nobody. Things like that, like my family said it was with my eyes open and I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember people come to visit me. I started recognizing people after like ten days. Obviously, you, you couldn't be around the club during the, the run of the postseason and then the, the playoff series. Uh, what was that like for you to, here you are, you're traded to a team you wanted to help, and then you're watching their biggest games um, just away from the team or at home? For me, that was the hard part. Because, like, when I, when I get uh, out of the ICU, like, I was had the mentality I'm gonna be back in the field here. I'm gonna help. I get traded with the mentality I wanna play in the playoff and I'm also excited. So and see like everything changed so quick and my life turned around so quick and feel like I'm not gonna be able to be on the field this year. When after that I get the, the news that I know I can play I'm not gonna be able to play again. Last year it was hard for me because like I see all my expectations and everything that I put in my mind like it blown away so quick and wow. It was hard for me and um, I couldn't watch any games. It was really hard seeing the guy compete and you know, it was at the hospital. Don't know the reason why I was at the hospital. So that was hard, that was hard. I was like extremely happy when I get traded because being in the playoff is an amazing feeling. It's like, it's a mentality for every player this level being in the playoff, playing the World Series. Seeing everything blow out so quick, it was hard for me to understand that. But you know, it was a long process and things get recovered right now. Try to make it happen here again. What was that first day like when, when you could get back to baseball stuff, whether it was playing catch or, or taking some swings, things like that? Oh, I feel like like a little kid, <laughs> a little kid. It was like, like a start over in my life. It's been like a start over in my life. I tried to get all my muscles back first. I spent a lot of time in the weight room doing rehab and stuff like that because I my body dried up 
completely. So, it lost all of my muscles. It lost like almost 40 pounds. It was hard. It was a long way to get where, I, where I'm here today. But I think like what helped me a lot is understand the situation. I got a lot of people. Was a, I had a lot of people next to me. Like talk to me every time. This is a situation we gotta get through. This you gotta stay strong. We're not gonna change anything. So, looking ahead now to to this year, um, you mentioned you lost weight and muscle. Are you under any restrictions here this spring to to prepare for a season like you normally would? No, I'm a hundred percent right now. Yeah, it was a long way to get here, but we had plenty of time to recover and get myself back to what I want to be in day one spring training. Thanks God we, we did it, we did it. I went to the place in, in Fort Lauderdale and I choose the right people to help me. And then I feel blessed and I'm still alive and I'm here with you guys today. And if you look around that clubhouse, uh, obviously some changes from, from a year ago. I, I know you were only with around the team for a little bit, but uh, there's so much talk about well, who's going to be in the outfield. Do you feel like say, hey, what about me? You know, I'm a, I'm a good center fielder. They acquired me to, to play center field, and, and obviously it didn't work out because of the health issue. Mm. But you have to be feeling pretty excited about an opportunity here. Yeah, I'm seeing like a lot of comments in social media and stuff like that. The, I don't know. Fans sometimes don't believe in players, but you know. Nothing you can do about that. You gotta go out there and prove it. And uh, that's exactly what I wanna do this year. I got traded last year, I was doing pretty good, but it's not enough. So I will go out there this year to do the best that I can to help the team and help the team to be back in the playoff. That's exactly what I wanna do. I wanna put the team first and myself second. And, and let's circle back to that, putting the team in the playoffs, and, and you kinda touched on it earlier what that means. You, you've been on some teams that have struggled. You've been on some, some good clubs. What would it mean to you to be a part of a team and help this team get back there where they've been a couple of times now the last several seasons? It's, it's, it's mean a lot because I want to do my best to stay healthy, to be out there every single day. So it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Start here in the beginning, it's been training, and get it together until the last day in the season. The playoff is gonna be exciting because you, at some point, you're gonna see all the work, and you gotta put the, everything together to get there. And it's gonna be fun because it's a long way to get there, and then it's gonna be up and downs. But we gotta get through that. We gotta stay together, and then that that's how good things get team together to get in the playoff to get what they want. That's Indians outfielder Leonis Martin, who could be a big key to the Indians' fortunes. Nice combination of power and speed for Martin, who has had some very strong major league seasons, mainly with American League ball clubs. And now we'll try and uh, lend some experience at 31 years of age on opening day to that tribe outfield. Stay tuned. More to come after this timeout. We'll talk with another potential outfielder for the Indians, Jordan Luplo, new to the ball club. We'll visit with him next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Goodyear, Arizona, and the Indians Spring Training Complex. Exhibition play beginning this Saturday. 
later this afternoon if you're tuned to this show live and not in podcast form. The Tribe will take on the Cincinnati Reds at 3.05 Eastern. We'll have it for you starting at 3 o'clock on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Jordan Luplo could be a name to remember for that outfield for the Tribe once the season begins. He was acquired in an off-season deal from the Pittsburgh Pirates after spending 37 games in the major leagues a year ago, 27 the year prior with the team that drafted and developed him, but then traded him this offseason. And the Indians very happy to have another potential piece in their outfield. He's got a great history, played his college ball at Fresno State. One of his teammates, Aaron Judge, who uh, burst on the scene, had that great Rookie of the Year campaign for the Yankees two seasons ago. He also has a great uncle who played for the Indians, among other major league teams way back when. So we'll talk to him about that as well. But first, we touched on his reaction to the trade this past offseason. Um, there was a lot of mixed emotions at first. Um, you know, happy, sad, excited, um, you know, a little bit betrayed. But it's part of the business. Uh, and I had some, some close friends there with me to, to guide me through the process and tell me, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for you. This is going to be good. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. You get to spring training. I know you're at Tribe Fest, which I'm sure was helpful to, to get to meet new teammates. Um, how difficult is it to, to try and fit in and feel comfortable at some point? Yeah, it's a little awkward at first because, uh, you know, you're walking through the hotel and, you know, you may notice a guy here or there. Or maybe he looks like, you know, one of your future teammates. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just got to be... Uh, just got to be welcoming and uh, um, just introduce yourself to, to whoever's on the team and whoever you meet and uh, try and get to know everybody. And, you know, personally, I like to I like to know people on a more personal level and get to know them as a, as a person, not just, you know, a baseball player. And from the standpoint of, of on-field performance, obviously coaches are, are a big part of that. How quickly can you feel comfortable with, with a new coaching staff after being with people who had, had seen you and, and, and knew your game? Yeah, it's different for sure, but um, they were very welcoming, um, welcomed me into the clubhouse uh, pretty easily. So, uh, you know, Terry called me right after the trade and, and uh, GM Chris, and you know, let me know they were excited to have me and, uh, you know, just excited to be here. Uh, obviously, you look for opportunity. What do you know about the opportunity here and, and how do you approach things trying to, to earn a spot on the club and, and maybe some playing time with that? I know there's a lot of good young talent, especially in the outfield, and uh, a lot of good guys, too. Um, getting to know them, you know, around the, around the locker room and on the field and stuff. Uh, I think we had a pretty special group of, of young outfielders here, and I, I think we can do something special. College ball, Fresno State. Any interesting teammates that you had when, uh, when you were at Fresno State? Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's been a couple. There's, uh, I think there were about seven or eight big leaguers from Fresno State in the big leagues last year. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good talent come out of Fresno State and uh, a lot of good guys. And so you mentioned that point being, obviously it's a program that, that traditionally has, has sent a lot of players to the major leagues. What is it like being in that program knowing that, that that's a, a very real possibility because of the tradition that they have? Well, I, that was one of the reasons I went there. You know, they, they, they tend to take the same type of players, the blue collar, the work ethic, um, type of players, you know, the players that were always overlooked in high school and, and at all the showcases. Um, and so it, it was really the, uh, a group of people that were, were fighting for the same thing and, and uh, been in the same places and, and 
So just getting to connect with those guys, you know, throughout the years and stay in touch has been great. And time has gone by now. You've had a, you know, a fair amount of time in pro ball and, and some time in the major leagues. Are there still some things that, that you carry with you from your time there that, that are helpful now? Absolutely. You know, my work ethic hasn't changed since then. Uh, they've kind of built uh, my work ethic for sure and uh, the way I go about my business as a baseball player. Certainly a story that that came up as soon as you were acquired by the Indians. Uh, you had a family member uh, way back when who, who played for the tribe back in the late 50s, early 60s, Al Luplo. Um, how much have, have you kind of gotten up to speed on on his impact with the Indians and, and how he fared here and uh, what was your reaction when you, you started to learn more about that? Yeah, I only get that question when I come East Coast because uh, I think he played for a lot of East Coast teams. You know, it was funny, he ended his career as a pirate and I started mine and then, you know, traded to the Indians and he was with the Indians, so it's just been kind of funny so far. Um, but I actually, at Tribe Fest, I got a lot of comments and a lot of, uh, you know, people telling their stories about watching him and what he's done and about some famous catch he did at Fenway apparently and uh, you know the greatest catch nobody saw because there's no cameras or anything out there but um, yeah I've heard a lot about him since coming over to the Indians and that's it's, it's really cool to hear. And uh, just circling back um, early impressions of this team uh, I know the Pirates had aspirations to, to reach the postseason and, and it's been it was challenging the last couple of years for them but uh, the Indians certainly have aspirations to get back for a fourth straight season. Uh, what's been the feeling for you around this clubhouse, expectations, things that you hear from Terry Francona and things like that? Well, I know, uh, I know these guys aren't too happy with the last couple of years, how it's turned out, but um, you know, hopefully I can help them out and you know, we can uh, do something a little more special. That's Jordan Luplo, potential outfielder for the Indians come opening day. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll shift gears and talk pitching with Tribe Relief pitcher John Edwards. That's after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk rolling on from the Indian Spring Training Complex here in Goodyear, Arizona. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us wherever you're tuned to Tribe Talk, whether it's on the Indians Radio Network each weekend. Perhaps you go online, Indians.com. You can find it on the Tribe website. They have the archived editions, too. And you can find us on iTunes if you want to download the show in podcast form and then listen to it whenever you like. You can do so on iTunes at the Cleveland Indians podcast section. That'll take you right there to Tribe Talk. Well, for the Indians this season, they'll be looking for some steady arms in that bullpen after an up-and-down season from the pen a year ago. Certainly a radical departure from what the Indians had been used to for several seasons, a very consistent work on the part of most of their relief pitchers. John Edwards is a name to remember, a 31-year-old out of Chicago but now makes his home in Texas. And uh, for Edwards, last year a chance to get called to the major leagues by the Tribe for September. And he appeared in nine games and was very impressive. Terry Francona has made no bones about it. He looks for a breakout season from Edwards, a former Texas Rangers reliever, former San Diego Padre, a former outfielder in the Cardinals minor league system. So a lot to get to with Edwards. And, uh, boy, when you look back a year ago, at this time a year ago, he was not signed by anybody yet, and when we visited with John earlier this week, he said it's like night and day one year to the next. Yeah, last year still, you know, um, finished up my rehab uh, with Tommy John, and then 
coming into this spring is just you know feeling healthy, ready to go, uh, knowing that there's a lot of opportunity to help the team this year, and you know, I'm looking forward to it. You had been in the major leagues as a pitcher before, mm -hmm. but I think anyone who undergoes Tommy John surgery, there's question marks. Sure. You know, can I ever get back to where I was? When did it click in for you last year where you thought, hey, I, I can get back? You know, I, I guess you can call it being optimistic or positive. I, I mean, there were times whenever it felt like it would be easier to walk away and do something different and just be a dad and a husband. Um, but I've... I remember watching games with my son and thinking, you know, I know all these guys out on the field and I know I can play with them. So I felt like, you know, my time wasn't done yet and I needed to be out there. So, so I, I think to, to just stay positive and I continued to believe throughout the process or else if I didn't have that, I don't know that I would have made it through it. So to get that time in the major leagues in September last year, how important do you think that was, especially heading into this spring, to, to get back on a major league mound? Yeah, well, I think it was huge. I mean, obviously, um, you know, that kind of set the tone coming into this year, and, and I was able to um, show what I could do a little bit. I felt eager to do that um, just because my time in the major leagues before I had gotten injured really wasn't, I didn't really feel like I showed who I was and what I could do at the major league level yet. Um, so to get the opportunity to do that, and and then I think being in an organization where you have guys that are around you that um, from day one when I came in the clubhouse, I felt like a part of the team, I felt like a part of the home, the family, you know, so um, I think that was a, a huge part of it also. He's no longer a teammate, <clears throat> but what does the name Cody Allen mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean I'm a... a a strong believer, strong Christian guy, and, and I and I would say that um, you know was, at the time I just felt like it was something that somebody that God used um, mightily in my life to give me another opportunity uh, to open a door that wasn't there for me. So it means a lot. And explain to the fans um, what he did for you to to make that bridge that gap to get you to the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So he, I mean, he had. And, and really, I didn't ask him to do it. I was just throwing. I was in the process of doing my, my rehab, and I was throwing, started throwing flat grounds, and he started sending video to some of our front office guys. And um, just essentially, he told me, he's like, hey, we need arms in our bullpen this year, and I think you can help us. And I've been sending video to these guys, and, you know. So they're like, you're, I think I was throwing 87 or 88 on my first flat ground and touched 93 in my first bullpen. And, He's like, that's pretty good. Keep going. So, so he might be a scout someday. Yeah, when, yeah, when he pitching's might be. done. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> John Edwards joining us, uh, Indians pitcher. You have a unique career path. When you were drafted by the Cardinals, yeah. Where you sit right now is anything but on your mind. Uh, yeah, it's that it was a that was definitely a long time ago. It's definitely been a lot a long journey, lots of ups and downs. Um, but you know, again, like I believe God works all things for good and I, I just believe you know through the whole process that at some point I would get that opportunity to be back here um, in the major leagues and to you know show what I could do and you were a position player in a, in a former life <laughs> I was yeah and, and to be honest I still think I can hit you know but but I don't know maybe that's every guy uh, 
But yeah, I mean, at the time, I just felt like there was a piece for me to move on and, and become a pitcher, and and uh, you know, it just seemed like the doors were closing, being a hitter, and doors were opening to be a pitcher, and I, you know, so I felt good about stepping into that. And um, you know, what's funny about it was, is when I was really young, I pitched. When I was in high school, I really didn't pitch. I just played the outfield, and then, I, and obviously in pro baseball, I just was a hitter for a while, and then. I just decided to get on the pitcher's mound and it was there. So I hadn't pitched really much since I was about 13 or 14 years old. And were you still with the Cardinals when you decided you wanted to try <clears throat> pitching again or did you have to go through no. a different route? Yeah, so the Cardinals released me in 2010 and, and I decided that uh, that winter to play independent ball. And I actually played for Doc Edwards who uh, recently passed away. And, um, and it was there that we decided um, that I would become a pitcher. And so he sent me to the Pecos League, and I played a few games in the Pecos League, and then ended up going home, and then signing with the Texas Rangers that offseason. How long did it take to, to get comfortable on the mound, having not thrown even from high school? You know, uh, my first few times I pitched, I actually felt really good. Um, my first bullpens, like, the ball came out good. I was throwing the ball right where I wanted to, and it, I mean, that was, that was a lot, a big deal for me at the time, especially. And, um, and then I, I would say once I got signed with the Rangers, that's where I really, you know, I started pitching a lot. I started really growing as a pitcher. I went through my ups and downs there, you know, just trying to learn how to command the strike zone and things like that. So, All right. I, I saw that you did hit 11 home runs in a minor league season. <laughs> yeah. So is that what kind of makes you think if, if you could grab a bat every once in a while, it might be fun? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just think... You know, I think I didn't give myself a fair chance when I was a hitter because I was not um, as focused as I feel like I should have been. Uh, reverting back to, to this year's team, um, you come into camp, obviously there's um, some new faces, but some familiar faces in that bullpen too. Um, you were part of a, a pennant run last year to get to the postseason. What are you seeing so far early in camp that has you really encouraged about this club? Um, I think we have a great group of guys. You know, I've heard a lot of um, talk about our bullpen and our outfield through the offseason and stuff too. And, and I think for me, it, all that, it excites me because I love to see the guys um, just kind of come together. Like I've heard Tito talk about guys will kind of like, um, you know, they'll kind of like play themselves into certain roles on the team and stuff like that. And I think. Um, I think it's it's exciting to see guys kind of like gel and mesh, and I think as we come together, I think we'll we'll find ourselves in a good spot by the end of the year. And this was your first chance to listen to his initial speech in spring training. He doesn't like to have many meetings or anything like mm -hmm. that, but uh, what do you think that does for a team to, to get off to a good start in spring training and make sure they're focused on the right things? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's big, and I, again, like, you know, it, you have a manager of his caliber, uh, his experience. I think his his words um, they mean a lot and they stick with you. You know they kind of echo in the room. So um, so I think guys don't take it lightly and they take it to heart. And I think a big you know thing that stuck out to me that he was talking about was you know us buying in and uh, kind of us being um, willing to sacrifice kind of selfishness for the team, you know, and to buy into the process, and I, I think he's exactly right. I think that's what we need to do in order to have success and win. That's John Edwards, quite a story, and uh, he could be a big key 
to the Indians' bullpen this season. Stay tuned. More to come. Our final segment coming your way shortly. Mike Clevenger and some of the thoughts from Tribe Manager Terry Francona on a week that has been hampered by surprisingly bad weather in Arizona. It doesn't happen often, but it has this week. So stay with us. We're back after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And as we finish our show this week, we check in with Mike Clevenger, who has gone through his paces here early in the spring. We won't see him this weekend yet in terms of uh, starting pitching. The Indians uh, holding out some of their starters until a later date. Nothing wrong, just uh, trying to slow play them into the season. And Clevenger, one of those who uh, does not appear in a game this weekend, but coming off a, really a tremendous season a year ago, back-to-back strong seasons for Clevenger. Last year, 13-8 and with an ERA of 3.02, 200 innings, 207 strikeouts. All the numbers there. We enlisted our good buddy from the Indians PR department, Court Berry Tripp, to uh, track down Mike Clevenger earlier this week, and Clev talked about some of the simple keys to his success a year ago. I think the biggest step I took was solidifying a routine and uh, really know, like, understanding what I was doing in the process that went into just to the pitching and being confident in that process, I think, allowed me to succeed with it. How about uh, your, your approach? I know you talked a lot about being more aggressive. and Yeah, I try to shy away from the walks. I try to, I mean, it's, you know, attack from... 00 to 02 right now, and that's you know, kind of the swing I took instead of trying to nitpick the corners and stuff like that. How about the uh, personal significance of getting your first postseason start under your belt? And getting my first postseason start was, uh, I mean, that was wild. It was something I was waiting for for two years <laughs> and hoping I was going to get for two years, and then uh, the day finally came. And uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I wish it went differently, but I mean. It's hard to explain how you know awesome a feeling that was to be out there during that that time. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of team wise, I know success isn't always linear. When you sort of pair the World Series appearance with our last couple of years in the postseason, how do you how do you put that in perspective? I mean, I, I, baseball's baseball, so I think uh, a lot of cards have to follow your way, no matter what names you have on your roster, no matter what team you are, like. A lot of things have to go your way for you to get that far. And I think in 2016, you know, the cards kind of aligned for us. And we had that mojo and we were just rolling. And then, uh, you know, last few years were pretty disappointing the way we ended it. But, I mean, again, cards can fall our way. This this go around and be a completely different story. Uh, summarize your offseason, both maybe in a, a baseball sense, but also how you recharged your spiritual batteries and trips you took or how you spent your time. I'll say it was a good disconnection from society a little bit. Uh, where we are is not great internet. It's not great cell phone service. We're at the beach as much as we can. I mean, just probably there's a couple times we went three times in the day to take the girls up to the beach and just, you know, get outside. So I'd say uh, a good disconnection to focus on myself and, you know, getting better for next year. Cool. Um, how about uh, you spent some time with Trevor it looks like can you kind of describe your relationship and you know your thoughts on him having this TV show now sort of 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's got a lot of good ideas. I mean, if you nitpick through the nonsense and the, <laughs> the Bowerisms, you can find some good stuff. Same thing with pitching. And this is, I think, this watch movement is something that's much needed. And it was uh, kind of something I can't believe hasn't been started before. And uh, I mean, he started up with you know one of his buddies back at Driveline, and it's just been rolling since. But I think this is a huge step forward to what baseball needs to progress to. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the influence he's having on baseball and and teammates and some things that you've been able to learn from him and his approach to pitching? Yeah, I mean, it's all data-driven, and it's kind of like taken a few years for everyone to kind of see that, uh, you know, all the stuff he was saying starting to come come true. Like, it was, it was right. It was almost like him and those guys up in Seattle were like a step ahead of the game. And uh, I think baseball's starting to catch up a little bit. I think a lot more people are starting to listen and understand that he's not, you know, full of it, and he really does know what he's talking about. Not that it's benefiting. I, I mean, I can see it's benefiting this organization from top to bottom. If you just look at what the minor league players are doing right now, or pitchers are doing for their warm-up routines and stuff like that, and the stuff they're looking into, I mean, he's he's definitely changing the face of this organization for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the pride that you have in our rotation? You know, uh, the significance. For you personally, to maybe that having formerly been a, a two or three person group to now it's a, a robust you know f- group of five guys that you're definitely solidified in. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I've said it before, but I, I, I think we all take pride in being the best rotation. You know, I mean, war wise in history the past couple of years, and I think each year we stepped up a little bit, now adding this fifth piece into the mix, and I think Beeps has you know, the same potential as any of us to go 200-200, so I think it's going to be a pretty crazy year for starting rotation. What uh, what are some of the keys to your cohesiveness and some of the routines you guys have in terms of how you interact with each other and between start routines, that kind of stuff? I think it's it actually plays well that all of us are individuals. All of us are very different, and all of us can feed off different parts of each other's game. So I think that actually plays to our advantage that we're not alike. Everyone throws a little different. Everyone has a little bit different stuff, and definitely different personalities. But uh, no, I mean it's every bullpen. We're out there for. We're watching each and every one of our bullpens. I got TB in my ear all the time. I'm jumping in his ear to ask him questions about what I'm doing or what I'm doing wrong. Or what I feels different to get, you know, some clarification. And so it's good. Symbiotic. Uh, entering uh, 2019, what might people be underestimating about our team? Oh, that we're still here. We're still. We could win it. We could win the damn World Series, and people are talking about, no, no, worrying like we're not even going to win our division. But I think we have a team that potentially can make a run for it. That's Mike Clevenger talking about a lot of the keys to not only his success last year, but the upcoming season as well. And we finish this week's show with some thoughts from manager Terry Francona on bad weather. The Indians' back-to-back days, Thursday and Friday, really had a tough time getting on the field with cold weather, wet weather. And uh, Tito talked about whether uh, that can be impactful down the road and, and also in the near term in spring training. Well, yesterday it really didn't. I mean, we got, we got really lucky um, on, I think, it was, I think it was Alex Wilson's last pitch. It just started downpouring and it was literally on his last pitch so we got everything in we needed to um today we had field one covered 
So it's dry now, you know, starting to rain now. So we're trying to figure, should we, it'll depend on what the forecast looks like. We'll either do everything in the cage and do it in kind of shifts, or if it looks like this is going away, we'll, we'll just wait a little while. Lived here a lot of your life. I've never seen weather like this out here. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been that way a lot this winter. You watch though, when it warms up, it'll, it'll warm up good. It just, it's, they've had more rain this winter than I think in a long time. And does, does uh, lots across the street seem greener this year than they? And the mountains, I mean, not here, but the mountains in Tucson have snow all over them. It's, it'll change. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. Always great to have you along. Thanks to Brian Motze for piecing things together back at our network studios. Stay tuned for our next program, Tribe Talk, coming your way next weekend from right here in Goodyear. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.